So good. I love that we are pushing in to We Believe in Miracles this month and uh, prophetic healings, all sorts of different miracles, and it's just creating space. You know, we've sent the kids out a little bit earlier, so we've got two songs just to worship in that moment of being kid-free for those that have got kids, but I think it's probably more of a distraction for those without kids having the kids in the meeting than those with kids, because those of us with kids are used to it. I know before I had kids, the kids were distracting. Now it's like, yeah, whatever. Don't even notice that they're crying in the corner. It's like, what? Someone brings my kid up and I'm like, oh, you'll be right. Um, Whereas before, I'd noticed that. And so I think it just creates that space, which is intentional. And so that's what we're doing for um, this month. Um, Two songs off the top and then two worship songs once the kids have gone out. And so I just encourage you to, there's a couple of weeks left of doing that. And so I really encourage you to make sure you're here on time so you don't miss the praise songs because they're important. Number one, be here. 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whichever one you're coming to, make sure you're here before that. Get a coffee um, from half past and uh, we can do that. But really encourage you just to step out through that time. I don't know how many people are doing this month's Bible reading plan, Daring Faith, but I really want to encourage you. If you're not, it's a... I think it's my favourite Bible reading plan we've done so far. I say it, I think, every second month. Um, But uh, this one has just got something on it. I love the way that Rick Warren unpacks things and um, just makes it so simple to understand because I'm a simple kind of guy. And uh, But I've just been really encouraged. And if you have done the plan, then um, day five is kind of what I've based this message out of. And, uh, and so you can go back and read Rick Warren's thoughts in his devotional on it as well at another time. Not right now because I'm preaching now and you can read Rick Warren later. But it is based out of Mark 6, 34 to 37, it says this, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that we can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Uh, So they can go, not we can go, to the surrounding villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. I love Jesus' direct approach. And they said, who talks back to Jesus? (laughs) Oh, hang on, yeah, I do. Um, Quite often in my prayer time, anybody with me there? Anybody have little disagreements with Jesus? But no, I think my way is better. And it's just that little awkward standoff. And then eventually you work out that, okay, I'll humble myself and say sorry, and then we do it Jesus' way, and oh, look, it works. Um, So they said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? So that's kind of the the underpinning passage of Scripture for today. And and then there's, there's three things that Rick Warren has pulled out of this, and it's really just hit me, I think because I... Well, certainly number one on the list is something that I'm 
fantastic at doing. Um, I'm probably the biggest procrastinator I know because um, I haven't quite got to the stage of working out who else is a procrastinator yet. I'll get there one day. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. You meant to laugh. <laughs> was, was that better than my one last night? I don't know. Last night's was better? Yeah, I thought I should have won. The winning joke wasn't even a joke. There he is. Wait till I see Chris. It was just a little story time. Anyway, I'm procrastinating preaching here. But it's, I just look back through and, and you know, they've had, the disciples have had all day. Jesus has been teaching and preaching and praying for people and just going about doing his ministry and the disciples have been there supporting him, yes, but they've also had all day to work out and they've had a bit of time spent with Jesus by now to know that he's not just going to move on. So, so they've had all day to find food. They've had all day to get ready for the meal at the end of the day. But they haven't. They've procrastinated. Who's like that? Your hands will go up shortly. <clears throat> and I, I so, so can just straight away take myself to that zone of going, yep, it'll be all right. I'll work that out later. I'll work that out later. I'll work that out later. And then eventually it gets to the time when it is and it's like, oh, now I'm busy. And uh, <laughs> somebody's just accidentally hit play and can't work out how to take it off now. But it, as I was thinking about it, it, it took me back to a few moments that I've procrastinated really well. Um, my, year 12, my year 12 child studies major project for the year and I had been procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating until the point that it gets to the day before it's due and I hadn't started and it was an A3 poster that you had to do. And, uh, and then plus a whole bunch of kind of behind-the-scenes work to back up your final poster. And so I started, I think, at about 11 p.m., finished at about 3, maybe 4 a.m., and that was my major piece that was worth, I don't know how much of the grade it was worth, it was a reasonable chunk of um, child studies. And uh, somehow I passed just but sorry no I didn't pass oh don't applaud that yeah applaud that I passed um but but I, I just look back now and I go what were you thinking but it hasn't changed my behavior see I then think of the time when I we Emma and me had been talking about getting married and doing that and so it was like all right so I need to go and ask Bruce. And, uh, and so I wanted to ask Bruce and Julie, just because it was a personal thing of me. I wanted to have them both included in that conversation, which I now go, you're an idiot. But anyway, it just made it so much more daunting, but it was still something that I'm glad I did do, but just made it so much more daunting. And so I, I took them, I booked a meeting with them to go out for lunch. Again, don't do it over lunch, just silly. Um, so many tips that I could give you on how to ask your potential father-in-law um, on how to ask for your future wife's hand in marriage. Just basically everything I did, don't do that. Um, and, and so I, I booked it down at Muggleton's, which is where now the house is. Um, the restaurant down there, it was like the fanciest place to go in Harndorf. 
And, uh, and so I met them there for lunch. And I remembered the morning of that I hadn't booked. And so this is how good I'm going. It's like one of the most important moments of my life to date. And I'd forgotten to book where we were going. And so I quickly rang and thankfully it was lunch. And so it was pretty easy to get in. And so we got in and so I met Bruce and Julie there and sitting down having lunch and we had lunch and that was great and we had dessert and that was great and we were just sitting around chatting and we're having a coffee and I'm sitting there going it was like I was waiting oh no I didn't have that on at the time to <laughs> tap but but I'm sitting there it was almost like I was waiting for them to make the move but they were waiting for me and they knew exactly what we were there for but it was just this most awkward standoff because I was just sitting there procrastinating asking the question. Just wasn't doing it. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. It's nice, it's nice, it's nice. Just having lunch and chilling and and then eventually it's like we're almost finished our coffee at the end of our meal and Bruce says to me, so what are we here for, John? And I'm like, oh no, you stole my life. I'm like, oh no. It's like, but I'd waited that flipping long that he was just like, seriously, get to the point. And, uh, and it's like, so I'm like, I think I'm the world's biggest procrastinator. And I still do it at times, um, regularly, daily. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to hang out in the washing. Yeah, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. And then it's like, I wake up on the couch at 1 o'clock in the morning and go, oh, the washing. And so then I'm there hanging up the washing at 1 o'clock before I go to bed. It's like, just, but I do hang the washing out, so... Go me. But, uh, but procrastinating, it's just such a big thing that can stop us from getting our breakthrough, that can stop us from getting our miracle, that can stop us from pushing in to where God wants us to be. And I love this in John 9, verse 4 to 5. It says, as long as it is, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. I just love the fact that, you know, we can so easily just read over that and go, but that's okay, nighttime comes. But you've got to understand there's no lights back when this is written. And so once it's kind of, once the sun goes down, there goes your light. And so then it is sleep time because you can't just sit around and watch TV to procrastinate. You can't just go out and plough the paddock or go to the shops or do whatever you need to do because once the sun goes down, that's it, day over. And so there's a specific time frame in when you need to get things done. And see, I'm the kind of person, as we've already established, that leaves things to the 11th hour or first hour after the 12th hour's been and gone in some some scenarios. But, But it's like, what is that? It's stopping us. But no, God set aside a time and a place for us to do what he wants us to do. It's called daytime. And so we need to make sure, as the saying goes, that we make hay while the sun shines. We need to make sure that we're, we're ready to go. See, procrastinating is only going to stop us from pushing in to what God wants us to do. Procrastinating is only going to stop us from stepping out into a place of our miracle. See, I know, I know people that have put off 
putting their hand up in a meeting to accept Christ. I know people that have put off coming out the front responding to an altar call because, oh, what if somebody's looking at me? I know people that have put off asking their connect group for help because, oh, it's a little bit too personal or they won't understand or they won't do this. there's, There's these thoughts and patterns that start to form in our world where if we just ask for help, if we just send a message to our connect group saying, hey, can you pray for me? I've got this coming up at work or I've got this happening in my family life. Straight up, instead of waiting for two, three weeks for things to escalate to the place where it's like, finally, I can't do this alone anymore. I need to ask for help. If we just ask straight up, imagine how different our lives could be. How much less stress, how much less we may have to walk through because we've straight up asked for people. But yet we procrastinate asking for prayer. We procrastinate stepping out. We, we do these things. And so the number one thing, don't be a procrastinator. The second one is passing the buck, blaming someone else, taking the responsibility off of me and giving it to someone else. This is something that I think I've learnt fairly well over the years to now put my hand up and say, yep, that was me. I, I let the ball down. I didn't send that email I didn't follow up that person I didn't do that thing I, I missed that there's still that sitting there and you know there's still times when it's something that I'm still working on and I think we're all still working on it to a degree but but there's moments that I can remember going back when, when I was horrible at it just putting my hand up and saying yep I stuffed up putting my hand up and saying yep I missed that one I didn't do that and uh, a bit of a funny story um, well, I find it funny, you might not, but we've already established through some of my jokes recently that <laughs> my sense of humour is quite different to most people's. But, but I remember it was one of the first times that I was driving um, my dad's car and uh, he had a company car and he didn't really care about them too much because he'd trade them in constantly, like every 10,000 kilometres. Um, it was ridiculous, the deal that he had going there for a little while, but... It was literally like every couple of months he'd get a new car and so it was if it had a little scratch on it, it wasn't the end of the world. But uh, I took his car to Macca's once, um, as all P-platers do, and, uh, and because it was my first time going there in the car, I wasn't game enough to go through the drive-thru because um, I was in Dad's new Falcon and so it was a little bit daunting. And, uh, and also because it was organza was the colour. I don't know if anybody remembers the or it was like that falcon au falcon that was kind of bird poo color it was probably kind of similar really to my pants or Lockie's jacket it was kind of that just that mustardy bird pooey color car it was horrible and so i was a little bit embarrassed and ashamed to drive through the drive-through as well but um, so anyway i parked up the top where i think it was blockbuster at the time or someone it's now where the post office is in mount barker and i pulled into the fence uh, which is a cyclone fence with the crisscross, and uh, I just pulled in a little bit too far and left this big kind of imprint on the front corner of the car of the like chain mesh, and uh, and so then I, I knew I'd done it straight away. Obviously, you can't hit a fence without realizing with that much force anyway, and uh, <laughs> and so I knew I'd done it. Uh, but do you think I was going to tell my dad? No way. And so anyway, it gets a couple of weeks down, and he notices it. Um, probably because he was getting ready to trade it in already and probably took it in and they noticed it. And uh, he comes and he says to me and my brother who were driving it at the time and he says, oh, what, anybody know about that? I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) 
no, I did take it, I did take it to Bilo. And, uh, well, that was Bilo back then, right? Yeah, see, this is how, this is how long we're talking to go. And uh, I'm like, I did take it to, to Bilo, which is now where Coles is, not where the Audi is. It was Bilo Coles, not Bilo Audi. And uh, I'm like, oh, someone must have hit it with a trolley. Anyway, I know that he knows now. I know that he knows that I was lying because what trolley leaves a <laughs> mark like that? But, but I was just straight up, just straight into the place of, oh, no, it wasn't me. It must have been somebody else, even though I knew that it was me. And I think so often when we, when we pass the buck, we know that it's not us. Uh, we know that it is us, but we just we don't want to take on that responsibility. We don't want to have that potentially awkward conversation. We don't want to have to step out and do the extra work to, to patch it up or do whatever it is. We're just straight away, oh, no, that's not my problem. That's, that's somebody else's. But by doing that, we miss the opportunity. By doing that, we set ourselves up, not for success, but for failure. Genesis 3.12. Everybody knows this story, I think. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree. And I ate it. It's like straight up the fall of mankind. Adam passing the buck. Adam just <laughs> changed his fan in that into flame. I'm not sure why, but but it's like Adam straight up passed the buck. Blame it on the woman. Blame it on the helper. Blame it on the person that you put me here. So not only is Adam passing the buck to the woman, he's also blaming God for putting her there with him. It's like, what the? What were you thinking, Adam? I don't think I've ever passed it back there. I'll probably have. Let's be honest. I'm not going to stand here and say I haven't. But it's like that, that will stop us from entering in and receiving our miracle. That will stop us from entering in to the future that God has got planned for us. And so we need to be people. I need to be a person. I'm preaching to myself. I've been looking at this and the reason I'm preaching it this morning is because I've just been going over and over and over this since the 5th of August. So what's that like? Six days ago. How good's my maths? Straight up. Boom. Um, if you're visiting and you haven't been around for long, I'm horrible at maths and so I always muck up my maths but I got it right. And so it's just something that's been rattling around in me and just encouraging me and stirring me up to step out and to go the bold in these areas. The third area that will stop us from receiving our miracle, and I think as an extension through all of this, stop us from living our best life, stop us from reaching our potential in Christ, is worry. It's worry. So the the disciples started to get worried that there's all these people. There's there's, there's so many people here, what are we going to do? And the, the anxiety levels are starting to Build up Philippians 4 verse 7. It says, in the peace of God. Uh, no, I don't want to go to verse 7 first. I want to go to Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do not be anxious about anything. It's spelt out so clearly. Just don't do it. There's not a little asterisk there with 
a clause down the bottom that says, except in these circumstances, then it's okay to be anxious. It just says, the Word of God says, do not be anxious about anything. But yet we, we justify, I justify the level of my anxiety by the problem that I've got in front of me. I go, oh, but this is a bigger deal, so it's okay, I can be a little bit anxious about that. But no, the, the Word of God says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything means anything, right? There's, there's not a get out of jail free card in that one. It's just don't be anxious. So I've been looking at this and thinking about the scripture and, and we read on to the next verse. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we know that we're not anxious? Because we're living in the peace of God. The two can't coexist. And so if I've got the peace of God on my life, then I'm not going to be an anxious person. The fact that Adam stuffed up in Genesis 3 means that we're a fallen man. We're a fallen human race. We're going to have moments, but we can overcome them straight away. We don't need to live in that place of anxiety. There's a shift that can happen straight away when we go to a place of finding his peace. How do we find his peace? How do we overcome anxiety? Well, there's a couple of keys here. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God is, is in that verse 6. And that's, that's a key to overcoming anxiety. But, but I believe it comes back a couple of verses to verse 4. And it says, rejoice. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice. In the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. How do we overcome anxiety? Go to a place of rejoicing. How do I overcome anxiety? Go to a place place of rejoicing. How do I get the peace of God in my life? Go to a place of rejoicing. I think it's, how incredible is that? That yes, we can go there in that moment, but straight away... We need a shift. We need to train ourselves to shift into a place of rejoicing. It's like the anxiety's coming on because I'm not sure what I'm going to do in this meeting at work. Straight away, thank you, Jesus, that you've given me this job. Thank you, Jesus, that I've got the opportunity to present to these people. Thank you, Jesus, that I can step out and go for this new job. Thank you, Jesus, that you've placed these people in my care. And whilst their problems might be starting to weigh me down a little bit, you've placed me in a position of authority over this connect group. And so, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that we can overcome it together. Straight away, go to a place of rejoicing, whatever the circumstance is, speaking into that thing with prayer, petition, thanksgiving. We can overcome the power that anxiety's got. Just like that. So how incredible. And I think it is something that, that is a serious deal in our today. And I think out of, out of the three, whilst I say that procrastinating for me personally is, is probably the biggest one, I think anxiety is the most persistent one. 
that just continues to crop up, that just continues to, to just tap away at life. You know, even last night, as I've been preparing this meeting, the anxiety starts to build up a little bit. The anxiety starts to build up of, well, you know, because I'm planning to step out and pray for some people as I'm planning to do what potentially we wouldn't normally do in a church service. It's like, straight away, what if I get it wrong? What if you get up and you don't have any words? It's like there's this little voice that straight away and the anxiety starts to build. It's straight away, what if this word isn't good enough? What if this word doesn't actually change anyone's life? What if this word is just a word for you and it's, you should have just left it at home? There's, there's these thoughts that straight away start to pop up, even preparing a message like this. But it's like, no, rejoice in the Lord. This word is going to shift people's lives. This word is going to change some people's hearts. The word that God speaks through me as I'm prophesying over people today is going to change and shift their future in Jesus' name. And so I found myself just going from a place of sitting on the couch with my iPad on my lap preparing to a place of just walking up and down our family room for about 10 minutes before I went to bed just going, God, I'm believing for breakthrough today in Jesus' name. I just felt that anxiety, that fear lift off and the power of God settle on me. And in that moment, it was like, it's all good. And so I want to encourage you today. I hope this has encouraged you. I know it has encouraged some of you today. Let's be people that stop procrastinating. Let's be people that put our hand up and say, yes, it's me. Let's not pass the buck to someone else. And let's do not be anxious. Let's remove the worry. Let's step out and live a life of rejoicing. Because our God, our God is an awesome God. Our God can and wants to and will step into our lives when we need him. He can. He wants to but we need to open the door. We need to actually say, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I can't solve this problem. God, I can't answer that question. God, I need you to come in and fill this void. God, I need you to come in and overcome this anxiety. God, I need you to give me the strength today to put my hand up and say I take responsibility. Holy Spirit, in this moment of silence, Speak to us. God, reveal yourself to us.
I feel that right there is a word for someone here today. It's silence. Now I find I can fill the space with words, with music, with sounds. But sometimes to hear the whisper of God. Sometimes we just need to quiet down. Let his peace settle on us. And in that moment of quiet, we can hear his whisper. So I don't know exactly where every person is at in this room right now. So I want to ask you the question, are you walking with Jesus? So I believe right now in this quiet place, He's just knocking. The question is, will you let him in? If you're sitting here in this auditorium this morning, and your answer to that question, will you let him in, is yes. I want you to do the most courageous thing you've ever done in your life and come down and see me after the meeting. There's an action that takes place. I'll introduce you to someone, hook you up with somebody in our church who can start the journey of becoming a disciple of Jesus. We can give you a Bible. You don't need to go and translate an Italian one. And start on that phenomenal journey. But don't leave today without coming to see me. Turn to your neighbour as soon as we've closed the meeting and say, hey, I need to accept Jesus. I need to open the door and let him in. Come with me. Let's go speak to John. Father, I pray for every person sitting in this meeting, listening online. Father, I speak a spirit of overcoming over every person. God, that miracles would take place in and around our lives because we've stepped out, because we've stopped procrastinating. So we've put our hand out and said, that's me take responsibility for what we've done. 
because we've entered into a realm of rejoicing and not worrying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That you have come to bring life to us, for us. In Jesus' mighty name. How good is God? Like seriously. How good is God? I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I found Jesus. And I look at other people that haven't found Jesus and some of them have got more things at times seemingly got their life together more. But they don't have this. The peace of God transcends all understanding. So good.